you know, one of my favorite examples very quickly is the bamboo tree. When you plant a bamboo tree, nothing happens in the first year, the second year, the third year, the fourth year. It doesn't grow. On the fifth year, that tree grows to 80 feet. How did that happen? Because it was building a foundation. It was solidifying its roots. It was getting ready for that spurt. And that's what happens in business. We are now again at the point, we are now planting bamboo trees. And the question is, what are we gonna grow? And when is it gonna actually bloom? You're listening to the Client Catching Podcast, the show that uncovers how high-performing service-based business leaders are successfully navigating the ocean of complexity around growing their business. Now, as anyone with the talent and guts to start a business knows, it takes a lot more to grow one than just being great at what you do, and you can't do it alone. So this podcast will show you how other captains of their own ship, just like you, have found the right strategy to catch more clients, simplified everything, and transform their business. So if you're ready to do the same, then jump aboard and join me, Adam King, host and the captain at Think Like a Fish, and let's go fishing. Hey, how you doing? Adam here, and I wanted to quickly let you know about a brand new 15-minute video training where I show you how to get 5, 10, 15, 25 or more predictable sales appointments every month in just 30 minutes a day, and how you can do all of that without cold calling, networking, relying on referrals, or any of that kind of stuff. Now, I've added that to the podcast gift page, which you can find at thinklikeafish.co.uk slash podcast gift. That's thinklikeafish.co.uk slash podcast gift. And you'll also see all of the other resources and gifts that I've created on that page as well. So hope you go and check that out and uh, and enjoy what you find. So until you do that, let's get back to the show. Hello, welcome to the Client Catching Podcast. Now, I want you to think for a moment. If you could alter, say, just three big decisions that you've made in the last 10 years, how different would things be for you right now? But the answer for most people is very different. Because when you look back and unpick those decisions now with all that knowledge that you've got, you'll see where things were going to work, where you maybe should have allowed for something happening, or perhaps where you should have put measures in place to counter out, you know, counteract something else, right? And I'm sure because of what's going on right now, there's a lot of people doing this. The current situation that we're in, it's leveled the marketplace, it's triggered uncertainties and fears of our future, right? So plenty of us, I guess, are wishing that we'd done things a little bit differently, a little bit, you know, a few years ago to be a bit more secure right now. But rather than looking back, what if this is the golden hour to take control of your future? What if you could look forward with that clarity of hindsight that you don't yet have? That'd be quite good, wouldn't it? Well, that's exactly what my guest today can help you do. He's a sought-after transformational speaker that identifies what can be done now to impact future trends by using what he calls 3D thinking so that your idea has every opportunity to achieve success. Now, he's also the author of the brand new book, Shift Happens. And I said shift for uh, anyone out there. No job, no money. Now what? Reinvent yourself using 3D thinking. And, you know, I love a good play on words, but the bottom line is shift happens to everyone everything, every industry, every norm. And you can benefit from it by using 3D thinking to ensure shift happens to achieve your success during these uncertain times. So I, find, I think this is an absolutely fascinating subject. And that's why I'm absolutely delighted to welcome my guest today on the Client Catching Podcast, James Feldman. James, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I've got to start with the, with the, uh, the, the shift happens, the, uh, the play on words. Do you want to sort of explain where the, um, where the idea from the book came from? And then we'll get into the sort of the weeds on, on what you really mean by shift happens in 3D thinking. It was sort of a combination, a, a, a convergence of two incidences. One is I was learning to get my private pilot's license. And with all the controls, they introduced me to a thing called the trim tab. And the trim tab is this little tiny tab in the plane that you gently move and it levels the plane almost automatically. So instead of having to deal with the wings and the tips and the pitch and the yaw, you touch this little button and it literally changes the whole leveling of the plane. It's sort of magical. And on the way home from one of these lessons, I got cut off by a guy in a bright red truck 
people had a big bumper sticker on it that had shift happens without the F. And, <laughs> and as I was driving, I thought, well, that's a very interesting statement and everybody understands it, but what can I do that was differently? And I was driving a stick shift car, a little MG Roadster at the time. And as I'm shifting the gears, it almost magically came up, shift happens. And that's how you're shifting the velocity of your car, you're downloading, uploading, et cetera. So between the trim tab and the guy cutting me off and the shifting of the car, I came up with the word shift happens. And I actually copyrighted that in the very early 70s. Wow. Well, well, I'm a bit of a movie buff and, and, you know, this is a movie that everyone knows, but I, I sort of think of that story about the, uh, the bumper sticker when I think to Forrest Gump. And uh, at least you didn't have that unfortunate uh, episode where you trod in something to come up with a bumper sticker. But yes. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting one that you, you sort of saw that. And then I guess maybe that's part of how you sort of see things and you, you make connections between lots of different things and that allows you to kind of um, do what you do. So why don't you sort of move on towards, right, okay, this, the, the shift happens kind of idea, but then explain the 3D thinking and then how people can actually use this. Because it's a, I, I want to do it justice because I know it's a massive topic and we, we literally don't have time to cover the entire thing and everything that goes into it. So the most important things around 3D thinking and uh, why people should be implementing it into essentially their lives. So I'm somebody that looks at things and breaks them down into pieces, like, like, the, like deconstructing a recipe. One of the things that I watched, as, as we all did, was the emergence of what was called an electric screwdriver. And it was a motor that turned a little screw. And then one day, they decided that they could turn other things with that little motor. And so instead of a screwdriver, they had a little saw. And they started to change all these. And the real change that took place was that a company said, listen, if we take a motor and we can change what that motor is spinning, we may have the best kitchen attachment device ever created. And it was called a Cuisinart. And the Cuisinart really is a motor with various things that are all doing the same thing, but having different functionality. So when I look at a problem, I basically have discovered that if you can break the problem down into the components of what is creating the problem, it may be simple math. It may be arithmetic multiplication division where you're taking the component and adding and subtracting and making it different. Mm -hmm. And so I talk about the, the visualization that we've all grown up with, think outside the box. But Adam, if we use the box as that metaphor, and you're outside the box, you have no idea what's inside the box, which is where the problem is. And so if you're outside the box, what we're doing as a company, as a culture, is we're coming up with the solutions to the wrong problem, because we didn't mm -hmm. identify the problem. Mm -hmm. What is so magical about going inside the box is that it almost tells you the answer just by looking at it. And so I say to people, first, you've got to understand what the problem is. So spend 90% of your time defining the problem and what makes up the problem. And then 10% of what the solution is. So the first D is depth, go inside the box. The second D is distance. While you're in the box, you have a 360 degree view of the marketplace. If you're out there looking and nobody cares that you're solving this problem, what are you doing? Then it's just a hobby. Hundred percent, and and that I think right there. Before you go on to your next ones, I I want to sort of highlight that for me personally as well. Over the last you know sixteen odd years that I've been uh, doing this marketing thing, I can trace the majority of problems down to the fact that they have not diagnosed the problem that their customers want solving, or they haven't diagnosed it enough to the point where they can then explain it using language that appeals to that customer. So it actually is something they want to solve or they're trying to come up with a brand new idea where it's like, well, yeah, but I didn't want that. Well, and the key to all of this in our world today is people will pay for solutions. Mm. I, I often say today, knowledge is free. You want to go on the internet, it's there. You want to learn how to do brain surgery, 
there's a video that probably tells you how to do brain surgery. Good luck finding a guinea pig, though. Right. Well, what it, <laughs> that it should say is, don't be so stupid and do it on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. So, so the last D is, is the determination. So it's depth, distance, determination. And what happens is most people spend all their energy on the first two and then have nothing left, no money, no time, no resources to really take it to the marketplace. So that's, that's really the three, depth, distance, and determination. That's 3D thinking. And so where do you see people not using this and what are the consequences of not using this can you have you got any examples that come to mind of of i don't know a business or um even an individual that that has sort of approached the world but used a different type of thinking and the difference between the two i think we've just spent 90 days with the most perfect example of that convoluted thinking there were all kinds of indicators that this pandemic was on its way. And it was sort of a put your head in the sand and it, it'll pass us by. And even during the pandemic, and especially now, I am appalled by the people that are not social distancing, not wearing a mask and saying, it isn't gonna affect me. And having no concern about the effect that it's gonna have on everybody that's around them. I mean, that's just plain mm. selfish. Mm. So I, I think to your question, we're living in the middle of that worst situation of what is the problem, what is the cure? And since we don't have the cure, then all we really are in control of today is preventing its spread. And mm. we're doing a terrible job of it, just terrible. When, when, we yeah. have, when we have political leaders that are not adhering to social distancing, not wearing masks. What kind of a message does that send? Well, it's the whole broken car, uh, broken window syndrome, isn't it? Yes. Um, you know, if you have a, 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 a broken window um, of, of a car or a house in a particular um, street neighborhood, then that sends a message that uh, everybody else uh, can basically behave badly, start smashing things up. One of the things, what is it, the, uh, uh, the, the New York subway, got rid of all the graffiti because it stopped a lot of the stuff that was going wrong and crime and all the rest of it there because it was just it's the perception thing and perception is such an important thing and I just want to point out that uh, both James and I are socially distancing we are practicing uh, through zoom so just in case anyone is, is worrying about that so uh, yeah I, I think that it's um it's it, it it's been a fascinating Know, take away the obvious severity of, of you know, of life lost and, and all that kind of thing. It has been a fascinating um, way to see how human behavior pans out and, and how it, how, how different groups of different, you know, of people will view the same situation in very, very different ways. And it causes different types of behavior. It's been fascinating. So um, when it comes to, let's, let's say, for example, then that, um, you know, taking this situation it doesn't have to be this situation because this won't be the last time there is a big shift a big change that happens in the, the economy the you know society all that kind of thing i mean that famous quote is the only constant in life is change something else will come and happen so it's it's how we are able to either deal with it by potentially seeing it coming or now we're in this situation and maybe we're struggling how can we think about getting out or doing something different in order to come out the other side better, I guess. Well, I think there is some good news in what's happened in the last 90 days. First of all, it leveled the playing field. The big boys are affected the same as the little guys. Unfortunately, politics and favoritism comes in. So if you're a big company, the bank wants to loan you money. If you're a little company, the bank doesn't want to loan you money. But the people that need the money are the little guys much more than the big guys, in all fairness. So what are we learning from that? You know, that's a whole social and economic bias that will take years and years to change. You know, the, the, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer kind of syndrome. 
But the advantage to the small business owner is that you now have, in essence, a clear playing field. The fog has lifted. And if you sit down and you do, let's just call it the 3D thinking, what are the opportunities that are out there? Certainly, the world of meeting planning and live events and restaurants and airlines have changed dramatically, dramatically. What are we going to do about it or how are we going to mitigate that as we move forward? So as an example, Southwest Airlines announced that they're going to sell middle seats on the plane and it's created a huge, huge issue. The truth of the matter is middle seat, non-middle seat, it doesn't matter. You're in a flying Petri dish. So to decide that sitting next to somebody is going to be remarkably more dangerous than that seat being empty is almost a chicken little kind of reaction. Mm. You know, sky is falling. But by the same token, it's very clear that by wearing a mask, you reduce the airborne particles. Well, the masks are hot. The masks are uncomfortable. So what? You're saving lives. And remember, you're saving not only the life of someone else, but potentially your own. Mm. And, you know, for me, as an example, one of my big aha moments is when I was at my heaviest weight. I was more than double the size I am now. And the doctor basically said, if you don't change your life, you're going to die. My reaction to it was everybody's going to die. Everybody's going to die. But when he said this, you're overweight, you have high cholesterol, you have diabetes. If you don't have a heart attack, if you don't have a stroke, you're a textbook candidate for amputation and or blindness. Mm. Whoa. Huge yeah. difference. Yeah. Huge difference because now I've got something that's preventable. I can't prevent dying, but I certainly can prevent amputation and blindness. Mm. And I think that same thing happens in every business decision, every moment. You know, could you come up with a better mousetrap? Could you look at something that might have failed two years ago that is really going to be something that people want today? I mean, I don't think mm. people woke up a hundred days ago saying, I need to have a Zoom call or a go to meeting call or a team call. And yet mm. it's, it's almost become a generic conversation. Grandmas and grandpas are having Zoom calls with their kids. Yeah, I find that amazing. I mean, I've been doing using Zoom for years and years and years. Yeah. It's, it's kind of normal, but I'd mention it to, uh, you know, to, to friends and stuff. And they're like, what Zoom? What's, what's Zoom? Right. Now. Everyone knows what Zoom is. Everyone knows. But um, yeah, it just shows a, a shift in the way the world can be or something that's going on in the world can change things dramatically. And, and, and I think that one of the things, and, and maybe you've seen it or observed it as well, is one of the things that people aren't doing, they are going outside the box because they're thinking, right, how do I solve this challenge that I've got in my business? Because maybe the industries that I've been serving have been hit or my own industry and all the rest of it and they are kind of looking outside the box for new ideas right whereas actually the thing that they should be doing is going back inside the box and just asking the clients or the customers that they've already been serving what's changed now like what are your now new current frustrations or challenges around the previous problem that we solved which we can't necessarily solve right now so let's talk to you and find what problem that you are dealing with and let's work out if we can provide a solution to it. Now that to me seems like overly simplistic maybe, but that's kind of the beauty of, I guess, the way that you're talking about things and thinking inside the box. It's like, it's not overly complicated. It's about asking questions to, under, you know, to uncover a problem. It, it, it's always about the questions, Adam, always. What if, what's next, what's possible, why not? And so one of the things that I always tell my clients is don't confuse impossible with inconvenient. And beware of distractions disguised as opportunities. You start to, you start to apply that to my simple, what's in it for me, W-I-I-F-M, what's in it for me. And I describe that imagery as Wi-Fi. 
Wi-Fi is everywhere. So if you use the WIIFM and you think of Wi-Fi, it's there. All you got to do is reach up and grab it and take a closer look at it. It's not like you got to reinvent what's going on. It's not like you're creating the next smartphone. You're not worried about technology. It just may be a different application for that technology. I'll give you one that just occurred to me, which I'm still shocked at. Every Apple phone, and I assume Android as well, has GPS. So if I want to send you a note, it will GPS you my location, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Now I lose my phone and I say, ping my phone. Do you know that it will not in any way, shape, or form identify the GPS coordinates of where the phone is? Yeah. I did not. I didn't either until my wife lost her phone for a few days. And I kept pinging it and it wouldn't respond. And I got a hold of Apple and I went up the ladder. I finally got to the senior something, something. And he goes, no, Apple has decided that would be an invasion of privacy. I said, but it's my phone that I'm trying to find using the technology mm. that's already built in. Just tell me where it is. Uh, mm. we'll, we'll discuss it, but we're not sure that we're going to do that. Yeah, I mean, I know they've got that option of find my iPhone, but um, yeah. Find my uh... iPhone does not tell you where it is. It gives you a proximity. Yes, it does. Funny enough, I, I remember I, uh, I, lost, uh, I lost my phone. Going, I took my, uh, my young daughter for a walk and uh, to keep her quiet, gave her the phone and then all of a sudden realised that uh, 10 minutes later she no, no longer had the phone in her buggy. <laughs> and um, the only other thing that I had uh, connecting it was um, my laptop. So I had to go out to the field just to find the proximity of the laptop. And then fortunately, because there was a... Um, uh, I had a, a Bluetooth headphones that were connected. I got close enough for them to then ping on. So I knew I was <laughs> basically anyway. So I managed to find this phone by a combination of a laptop and, and uh, Bluetooth headphones. But yeah, no, you're right. That's a, it just seems like a very obvious, um, a, an obvious problem. Yeah. And, but, and, so, um, and so everybody, no matter who they are, what they are, there are obvious things that you can monetize. And there are obvious things that can really change the trajectory of where your business model or business opportunities are going to be as we come out of the pandemic. Mm, absolutely. Because business is not, I mean, some people get upset when I say, but, but business is not overly complex when you really break it down to the fundamentals, right? It's about finding a particular type of client, customer that you want to serve. It's about finding a problem that they have and then coming up uh, or a problem they have or a result they want and then designing a mechanism that will help get them that result or fix that problem. Like in the most simplest way I can describe, this is what, a bit, this is what the purpose of a business is there to do, to serve someone who has a problem or wants a result and we actually solve it with this mechanism. That mechanism could be pretty much anything. It could be a service, it could be a, an app, it could be a piece of software, it could be a product, it could be whatever it is. But that's the beauty of it. Once you've found the key things that you need to know, a customer who's actually able to buy has a problem, wants some kind of result, then you can go about actually figuring out, right, what is that mechanism? And then you know, that's where some of the complications come into play and all the rest of it, because that becomes quite nuanced. But if you don't know those bits at the very, very beginning, or you haven't revisited those key fundamental parts of your business in the last 90 days, and you're still blindly going forward and trying to figure out how do I sell my widget or my product or my service to a group of people that may no longer need it, want it, or, or have the ability to buy, then you are literally banging your head against a brick wall. And that's why sort of using this framework of 3D thinking, I think, is, is incredibly powerful for people to do right now, because you might find that you need to reinvent your business. Well, and you've identified something that I want to amplify, and that is finding the people that can buy is as important as finding the people that want the solution. Um, I did mm. some coaching for a, a group of dentists, and they were talking about how people resisted paying $100 plus for a filling. And I said, it's very simple. Reduce the filling to $50. Then ask them, do you want it to hurt or not hurt? <laughs> <laughs> you don't want it to hurt, you're going to need Novocaine. That's 100 bucks. And 
I, I, I appreciate the, uh, the irony in it. And uh, at the same time, I'm thinking, oh, that would be a, a, a bad use of uh, ethics. But uh, anyway. <laughs> well, I think you're giving them the opportunity. I mean, there are people, I don't know who, that have a very high threshold and can deal with the pain. I'm not one of them. Yeah. yeah. Good point. But, but again, you have to figure out what it is that they're objecting to. And so if the issue is, I don't want to pay $125, you say, fine, I do it for 50, but there's no Novocaine and it's going to hurt. Mm. Now the Novocaine is a hundred. Quickly, you've just increased your net profit and made your patient very happy. True. And, and there's, you know, can you think of other examples where that could fit in? Say you're running a, a, a different type of business, like a service business, because that's where a lot of people are, the B2B service business. How would you apply that thinking to say something like, um, I don't know, you run an accountancy firm or something? So everyone has an objection to paying by the hour. I don't care what it is. Your attorney account. Instead, charge them by the project. I'm running an accounting firm and to do your taxes for 2020, it's going to be $100 a month. We're done. Or it's going to be, if you pay up front, $1,000 for the year, so you've, you've saved $200. I can understand it. Now I don't care how long it takes for you to do it. I know what my fixed costs are. I know what the results are. End of conversation. And I, and I yeah, think that we are coming to that in all kinds of businesses, all kinds of businesses. You know, when, when you talk about things like internet service, where we're going to give you this giga speed or that giga speed, that's not the, most people don't understand it. Do you want your movies to stream without flickering and freezing? Mm. This is what it's going to cost. Okay, I understand mm. that completely. I mean, I, exactly. I, I watched with great interest the launch of Hamilton on Disney+. Plus. Has that happened for you there? Um, I've, I've heard something about it, I'll be honest. Okay, um, so I'm still in the frozen um, stage <laughs> with my kids, so uh, that, I, I don't get a lot of that sort of thing. So... To get a really good seat to Hamilton at, at the live show could have cost you anywhere from $1,000 to $2,000 a person. This was two live performances with very strategic camera work, beautifully edited, etc. A subscription to Disney Plus is $7. Singularly, the best $7 I have spent in the last 10 years. Not only was it an amazing performance, but it was an amazing performance from a vantage point that I could have never afforded on my own. And mm -hmm. I can play it over and over and over for the next 30 days at the same price. Where if you go into live theater and you want to see it again, you go back and you start all over again. Now people will say a live performance and a tape performance are different. Okay, let's talk Super Bowl. Would you rather be sitting at home, drinking your own beer, eating your own popcorn, and having great opportunities to see the replay and the commentary? Or do you want to be sitting at the end zone, which was a great seat on one end, but you can't see anything on the other end? Mm. So, I mean, not being a sports guy, but to me, that metaphor is, why would I want to subject myself to that when I can sit at home and get all the benefits for a whole lot less effort? Now, that's just me. Other people will say, Jim, that's ridiculous. And now you've discovered why there's chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. Yeah, exactly. But if you're selling chocolate ice cream, don't try and sell it to people that, um, that like vanilla. Well, that's why Baskin Robbins came up with 31 flavors. Their whole <laughs> motto was a different flavor for every day of the month. I'll bet you, you can't find one out of 10 people that know what Baskin 31 stands for and how they came uh, in. Uh, and I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's uh, maybe it is true in the in in the states, but not over here because you've got massive fridges and freezers. But I don't know anyone that could have a uh, thirty-one tubs of uh, ice cream <laughs> in their freezer that they could take a scoop out every single uh, every single day. Maybe the you know maybe you have to buy one every single day and and eat the lot. I don't know. <laughs> it just seems a bit crazy, but um, yeah, I mean, there's there's so many examples that you can think of and, and different ways of seeing it. And and I guess that's the key takeaway, isn't it? That no matter what you're going through. It's, it's about taking a step back and first of all, defining that problem, whether it's the problem for yourself, what is it that is really causing my struggle right now? Like it could be lack of cash. It could be lack of leads. It could be lack of clients. It could be 
something totally different. It could be that your offer has changed and you haven't changed it or the, the, the desire of your market has changed and you haven't reacted to it. You haven't seen it coming because unfortunately, most of us in business, we spend so much time just running to catch up. There's so many things to do and all the rest of it. We don't always have the opportunity to step back and then add in life and being a parent and a spouse and being a friend, all that kind of stuff. We don't always have that ability to step back. And maybe a simple thing is to, is, is to diarize a time where you'll take an hour a week, something like that, just to step back and turn everything off and just think, because I don't think we think enough anymore. So one of the things that I do is I take long showers. And in the shower, I have a scuba diving board, which is a board that you can write underwater. And I just mm. record the notes. And the mm. advantage to it is there's no phones ringing. The, the water sound is very soothing to me. Nothing is, is interrupting my thought. And I often come out of the shower with solutions, answers, or identifications of problems that I've been working on and just couldn't see it until I could just clear everything out. Now, some people will say that's Zen training or that's meditation. Whatever works for you. Some people just take a walk in the woods. Some people take their dog and, and play with the, the dog for a while. But you have to get clarity as you go into this because there is a defining point in everybody. When you look out to the marketplace and you talk about that distance, is there somebody willing to pay for it? Is there somebody that is saying, yeah, this is a problem. And if you solve it for me, I'll pay you X. And where our culture has gone in the last five years is everything has defaulted to price. And I tell every one of my clients, the moment you play, play the price game, you're going to lose. Because there are people out there that are so desperate that they will drop their price to nothing or even less. They almost pay you to take it. How can you compete? I have a sign hanging in my office of two hobos around a campfire saying, I knew I was selling at a loss, but I thought the volume would take care of it. Well, it's, it's, it's just as easy to sell something for, you know, thousands as it is uh, for, you know, a pound. Sometimes it, easier. Yeah. Sometimes, Sometimes easier. Yeah. Because you're dealing with a different type of person that's willing to yeah. buy at that price. Yeah. And there's a different mindset that goes in there. It's like a, an investment mindset rather than a scarcity. Well, I need to keep hold of my pennies. It's like, no, I'm investing here because I expect a return. And that's a very different mindset. But, but Adam, everyone, no matter their economic state, now I'm assuming that they are living under a roof and they're not homeless, et cetera. They will pay a premium for something, whether it's beer, whether it's cigarettes, whether it's cigars, whether it's uh, vacation travel, they will indulge themselves in something and justify it. So the fact that we're always trying to find the lowest price is only when you've got a commodity product. Yeah. And it's always, I've always found it sort of amazing that, uh, yeah, you, 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 can, you, you can find people that have, have hit bad times and all the rest of it, and yet they're still able to afford the luxuries that they still perceive. Maybe it's, maybe it's alcohol because they've got that dependency or drugs or cigarettes or whatever it is and, and that's that's a slightly different um conversation but it's it's still like they're still able to do whatever it takes to get hold of them no question and i guess it's it's almost like how and, and it's i don't like to necessarily use it as a positive you know as a positive example because it sounds like it's a manipulation or you're trying to get people hooked on something but it's like how can you create that desire in someone that's like if you took it away my life would be worse but you can only create that kind of thing where you really understand a problem. Like you're not talking about making things addictive from a physical point of view, but you're talking about it's like, what, how is this service or product going to add so much value to somebody's life or solve a problem so big, so well, that they can't imagine not having it in their life? Try to take somebody's cell phone away from them for 24 hours. True. I mean, it, it, it's almost got an umbilical cord. At every point, there is that defining moment of what am I willing to give up or what can I do without? And you really see what is important and what's not. Mm. I mean, I remember, yeah. I remember when water was free. 
<laughs> free. And in some cases, this bottle of water is equal to a beer or, or liquor or other things. Yeah, and now like you go into a, a supermarket or a shop or something and uh, you pay more for a bottle of water than you would, um, you know, the same quantity of oil at the moment. Yeah. It's kind of nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the way that the world uh, has, has sort of been affected by this. Let's take that for one second. The U.S. just bailed out the airlines. Billions and billions of dollars. I think that was a huge mistake the way they did it. If I had been on the cabinet, I would have said, let's buy up the oil which is extraordinarily cheap. And then we will give it to the airlines to help reduce their operating costs so significantly that everybody can get back on a plane. Now it's a win-win as opposed mm. to, here you go, guys, here's a check for $20 billion, do what you want, which is mm. what we did in 2008 and we didn't learn from it in 2020. We did the same thing again. We gave them the money with absolutely no encumbrances on how they how they had to use it. Yeah, it's kind of like giving a, uh, the, car, the, the keys to a Ferrari to a 17-year-old who's just passed their driver's test. Yes, yes. Go do what you want. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, but don't go over 30 miles an hour. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's going to happen. Like... There's yeah, I mean that's that's I mean that's an interesting sort of way of seeing it and 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 thinking about it and and obviously, I mean I don't know enough about the bailout that's gone on there, but that that would likely to me sort of seem to make sense. And not only would you be able to sort of give them the oil and and, and all the rest of it for the fuel, but then potentially as things pick up, the, the 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 cost of the oil would also rise, and you had the potential then to sell on and you know, it kind of like it becomes, I mean, the whole thing about what's going on, this is a virus. This is sort of been, you know, it goes from one person to another to another and exponentially, you know, increases and, and spreads. But as much as a virus with a negative connotation can have that kind of impact, the same can happen with things that are positive, like, but it's about looking at the right problem and trying to figure out, right, how can I sort of solve this here? in a way that will have an exponential positive impact on many, many people afterwards. And that's an example there of something that could, because it's that knock-on effect. And when the airlines start going and tourists go into economies and start spending money and all that kind of thing, then that's, you know, it, that whole merry-go-round starts again. And it starts, I guess, with really sort of trying to understand what the problem is and going into the depth. And, and there were some little glimmers of hope. For instance, some people in the hospitality business started selling future stays. So they'd say, pay $100 now, and we'll give you $150 credit when you actually use it. Well, now you're talking about what's your disposable income and how long can you let that sit without having any mm. kind of a return, as opposed to during this time where you need to see or visit your elderly parents, et cetera, we're going to drop the rate to 50 bucks for a round trip ticket. Now, suddenly at $50, you start to justify that it's okay to get on a plane and it's okay to not be six feet social distancing because it's more important to see your parents before something happens to them. So you start to have the the proposition of what, what am I giving up? What am I getting back? Which goes all the way back to the what's in it for me. Yeah. And, you know, we, 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 we make that kind of choice daily without even realizing. Yes. And, you know, things like, um, I mean, it, it fascinates me sometimes when you see things that go on in the world and there's you know, the, the, the Facebook Cambridge Analytica scandal and everyone going, oh, privacy data, this and that and all the rest of it. Whereas actually... I mean, I don't know the details of it, but I just sort of think we've been giving up privacy rights freely for a long, long time now. And that is because you use the platforms. We make the choice. We have the choice not to, but we use them. So we have been giving away more and more and more and more. Obviously, it can be used in a negative way, but that was an example. It was, it was anonymous data anyway, but that goes, you know, what, you know we're not going to go into the weeds of that. but. We are giving up more and more and more of our privacy for convenience. No question. Like and that I, is that is the trade-off that we're making, right? And I'm going to make a prediction. I do not think that this election in the United States is going to be anything like what we think it is today. 
I think that there is a reasonable chance that Trump won't run again. Because I believe Trump has a greater fear of losing than of winning. Mm. He can't stand to lose. That's his personality. That's his DNA. And the, the other side looks at Biden and says, is this really the best that we can come up with? And I'm not trying to be political. I'm not trying to, to pit the, the Trump versus Biden. I'm just saying we're at a time where everybody is looking at these options and saying, why do we have to do it the way we did it before? Why are we stuck in this? You know, it's a clear playing field. Let's, let's rethink this and see how we can mm. move forward. Today on the news, there's discussion of uh, preventing TikTok from being played because they think that it's giving up information. Okay, let's for the moment look at the ramifications of the hundreds of millions of kids that love TikTok, TikTok and it goes away. They're going to go to their parents and make their parents' life miserable. What are the parents going to do? The parents are going to have to blame somebody. Who are they going to blame? And what's that going to do moving forward? I'm not, again, I'm not trying to be political. I'm just trying to look at this slingshot effect that takes place. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have to look at, you know, one of my favorite examples very quickly is the bamboo tree. When you plant a bamboo tree, nothing happens in the first year, the second year, the third year, the fourth year. It doesn't grow. On the fifth year, that tree grows to 80 feet. How did that happen? Because it was building a foundation. It was solidifying its roots. It was getting ready for that spurt. And that's what happens in business. We are now again at the point, we are now planting bamboo trees. And the question is, what are we going to grow? And when is it going to actually bloom? It's about being able to sort of see the, um, it's, things don't happen in a linear fashion. As I say, with the, with the way the virus spreads, it's the way things grow. It's Moore's law. Um, you know, the speed of technology doubles every seven years and it's, it's exponential rather than linear. Um, like my favorite example of it is on the day that um, the company that uh, invented the digital camera went into administration, which was Kodak, back in whenever it was, it was years and years and years ago, they invented the digital camera with a like 0.1 megapixel, right? And, and they went, well, this isn't what we do. We, we print photos. That's not, you know, ignore that technology. That's useless. On the day they went into administration, Instagram was acquired by, was bought by Facebook for the billions that they did on the very same day. And they invented the technology that took them over and then ultimately made people that actually embrace that technology a lot of money. And that's, that's an example of that. They, they could not see past their own, their own box, I guess. Even though the answer was inside their box. Kodak, whoa, what are we going to do? People aren't printing photos anymore. I know. Why don't we think about doing something different? But we're a photo paper company. Ah, right. Okay. Let's just keep doing that then. <laughs> you know, it, it just doesn't. It, you can almost imagine that sort of parody of a conversation going on. You know, during during the whole sort of time when this was going on. But um, I mean, it's sad because you know, iconic brands and businesses that have done great things. They, yeah, they can fade, but. As I said, it's the, the, only, the only constant in life is change. And um, it's about being set up to actually see it for what it is, what, and it happening in front of us and not bury our head in the sand. So um, I've found this an amazing, very interesting conversation. It's different to ones that I normally have, but it's, it's like, wow, I could go in so many directions. So before you go, is there anything that you think people should really understand or take away or a practical thing that they can do from from your sort of massive knowledge and, and, and sort of library of knowledge behind you that you can actually say, right, I really want to let people think about this or take this piece away? Well, I think there's two things. <clears throat> Number one, because it's a level playing field, don't get mired in what didn't work before because that doesn't have any bearing whatsoever. And the second part is there's, there's four very simple questions that you can apply to everything in life. What if, what's next, why not, what's possible? And you can reorder those in any way that's comfortable for you. But at the end of the day, when you start asking those what if questions, and then you start to come up with a why don't I want to do it, 
and what's really the next thing in line, then you start to see a future. You start to see things with greater clarity. And I think that no matter what business you're in or no matter what stage of your life you're in, you know, I, I talked to somebody yesterday who was in his 20s and I said, do you have health insurance? He goes, oh, no, no, I'm not sick. I said, do you have life insurance? He goes, no, 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 I'm, I'm not sick. And I said, you do realize that you are eventually going to get sick and you are eventually going to need insurance. But if you buy it now, it's really cheap. And it's really something that you should have. I was talking to people on deaf ears. When I went to his parents and I said, he doesn't have life insurance. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to consider buying him a paid up life insurance for $1 million, paid up. You give it to him. You turn over the rights to him when he's 21. Now, what you've done is you've given him an asset that a bank or a lender will take and loan him money to start a business or to go to college or whatever without you having to front it. They thought it was brilliant. And his response was, just give me the money that you're going to pay for the insurance. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's the arrogance or the, uh, the, the ignorance of youth, I guess. Um, yeah, it's like, well, can't I have it now? Right. No. Yeah. You know, oh, I have the same thing with, uh, you know, my, my, my daughters are one and four, so I'm not quite at that level. But even, even some of those questions that I hear you say, I, I'm, I'm hearing myself trying to repeat back to um, my, my eldest, who's four. I mean, her favorite question at the moment is why? Why, 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 why? Or, no, I can't. I can't. Tidy up your toys. No, I can't. Tidy up your toys. You know, my sister just took this from me. Um, I, like all that kind of thing. And, and so I'm finding myself rather than because it just ends up infuriating you, right? Like having to answer the why question with the, you know, it's, it's like, or the can't question. You, you sort of, I've started asking questions like, okay, well, instead of saying you can't, why don't we think about how or how, what if we did this or what about this? So I sort of challenge her to think through her own challenge that's in front of her. And I found that over the last sort of few months of, you know, trying to do this, she sees the world in a different way and she is saying can't less. And she's now coming up and saying, I couldn't do this, but then I tried this and look, and she's really happy. So it's like that ability to think. I don't know if I'm doing it consciously, but it's just as you were saying it, it's like, I don't know necessarily if we encourage young people to think anymore i don't know um i think i don't know rather than learn rote i don't know you've articulated something i've said for years and that is start thinking like a child again and i i call it the rule of five whys with every question you ask why by the time you get to the fifth one you've got an answer because you're tired uh, as you said it gets annoying and more annoying but by by the time you've hit the fifth why you typically get clarity and you see where the problem is, what the components are, what the opportunities are, and it may or may not be something you want to monetize or maybe something you want to walk away from. When the guy says you're going to die, had no effect. When he says amputation and blindness, he had my attention. It was strictly, strictly words. But the difference was one I could prevent and one was going to be inevitable. I, uh, I, I highly encourage everyone listening to um, go and grab a copy of the book. It is on uh, Amazon right now, isn't it? Yes. Um, even though we were discussing the, uh, the, the challenge with, uh, with Amazon going on and, and getting up. But uh, yes, it is now up there um, to buy. So Amazon.com or .co.uk or whatever country you're in, um, I'm sure it'll be available. It is Shift Happens. No money, uh, no job, no money. Um, now what? And uh, uh, yeah, it's... Um, I, th I think the timing could not be better for this kind of uh, this kind of book. I think it is something that we all need to change just the way we think of it, because we can go inwards and we can get all depressed and all the rest of it. But if we change the way we think, we'll just see that there is opportunity everywhere. It's that, um, you know, opportunity is nowhere or opportunity is now here. And it all changes by the way you think about it and how you see things. So I think that, um, yeah, just go and grab the book. And I, um, and I applied that to the book itself. So the easy way to get to the book is jfa.tips forward slash Amazon. But the important part about the book is it comes with one-on-one -on -one consulting. 
So I'm not just throwing out the book. I'm basically saying when you've completed the book, you have access to our team to help do a deep dive into your own specific issues. I've never seen that offered by any book in the market in any place. You know, that's also what you do as well. And uh, I mean, we got so in depth into the conversation, but you do training and consultation and and, and um, one-on-one stuff as well. And so if, if people are kind of like, yep, yeah, I, I kind of get this, um, maybe I go and get the book, but I actually just want to go and talk to James and his team. Where should they go for that? Well, the better way to do it is the book, because if you go to the team, then you're starting to pay a very high consulting advisory rate where with the book, it's included. So you buy the book and it's included. There's a value add. If you just come as a consultant, I'll tell you right up front, you're not getting the same price value relationship. You're paying for our time. They go to shift happens, shifthappens.com. There's a contact form. Anywhere else to pay, uh, to connect? Are you active on social or is, is it just go, go through the site and um, uh, connect? I'm, I'm on LinkedIn as James D. Feldman. James D. Feldman is the way to find me. And the other is shift happens now. Shift happens now. And that's on Facebook, Twitter, et cetera. I hope I've done the, uh, the, the, the subject matter justice and we've, we've managed to sort of have a conversation that is opening people's minds because I think that is the main thing about thinking differently, putting in this idea of 3D thinking to every problem that you have, not just in your business, but in your personal life, within your relationships, with, between your spouse, your kids. I mean, we've just weaved so many kind of examples and stories into the conversation of where the ability to think differently can have massive, profound effects. It just makes complete sense to me to, uh, to, to check out the book and, and just, yeah, just, just give it a go and, and, and see if you can apply it and start experimenting because ultimately that's what life is. It's a big experiment, right? And, now, and now's <laughs> the time to do it. Massive subject. I hope we've done it justice. And James, I just want to say thank you ever so much for coming on and having this chat. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it's been awesome. So all that's left to say is happy fishing. And thanks for the opportunity. Stay safe. Thanks so much for tuning into the show today. I know there are a lot of podcasts you could be listening to, but you've chosen this one and I'm truly grateful for that. And if you've enjoyed this week's episode, I'd love if you could just take a few quick minutes to share your thoughts and leave an honest rate and review for the show over on iTunes. It's not only important for helping others discover the show, but I also read each and every submission personally, and they really do mean the world to me. So thanks very much in advance and happy fishing.